Coming up on the Front Page Football Podcast, it's all about the Australia Cup. This one, I'll be joined by FPF writers Antonis Pagonis, Cody Ajada, and Ian Pulsinski. We're going to talk about what happened in the round of 32. We're going to look ahead to some of the intriguing tyres awaiting us in the round of 16. And yeah, hopefully this is your one-stop shop to know about everything that is happening in the competition. And uh, yeah, to be honest, um, we're just going to basically download and and go into everything about the Australia Cup at the moment with uh, a brief chat about some transfers that are happening with some Australians uh, abroad at the moment as well and some potential A-League transfers that are going on too right at the end. So stick around, uh, give this one a listen and uh, yeah, we're all looking forward to the action starting tomorrow night. Anyway, without further ado, I'm your host Christian Marchetti and we'll be back right after this. Okay, so we're back with another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, we're recording this on a Sunday night, back in the usual time slot, and it's almost 9pm Australian Standard. No, was it, is it Eastern Standard time at the moment? Not Eastern Daylight Eastern Time? Standard. Or was it Eastern Standard? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, Tonus is waving his hands in the air because I just went on a tangent about time. Um, anyway, Whatever. Getting into it. Um, so we are going to do a bit of a recap of the Australia Cup round of 32. And then we're going to do, leading into that, a preview of the round of 16. I've got Antonis Pagonis, Cody Ajada, and Ian Pulzinski all joining me. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to get a fifth a fifth one on tonight, but uh, that didn't happen. Um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, boys, how are we? Good, thank you. Doing good. Brilliant. All right. Good then. This this should be good. All right. So let's get straight into it. Uh with the Australia Cup round of 32. So I've I've made, you know, a whole list of notes here about some of the some of the key talking points, but I'll just throw it to you guys. What uh what stood out to you from from the first round of matches? Um, I'll start off first. I think what surprised well, what didn't surprise me, but the main takeaway for me was the dominance of NPL Victoria teams. Uh in the round of day two, I think Bentley advanced, uh, Avondale 6-0 in the Northern Territory. Um, Heidelberg gave up a good fight against Brisbane Raw, unlucky to go down 3-1. Um, but for me, yeah, Victoria football just showed how strong it is at the moment. And um, yeah, it looks like, you know, uh, Green Gully as well defeated Wollongong United. So um, what surprised me, or maybe not what surprised me, but the main uh, takeaway for me was just the dominance of the Victorian teams. I thought they did really well in the round of day two. Yeah, and um, Avondale just crushed everyone at front page football. Just just crushed them by just destroying Mindel. Um, that was yeah. If you look at the stats of that game, Mindel had one shot, one shot on target. Avondale have had 30, 13 on target. Like to be honest, Ian's, Ian's cracking up. Um, to be honest, I knew the gap was big, but it was kind of like, wow, this is fuck. Wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know when uh, when I kind of saw that um, going back, but just on that game. Uh, still have to say, obviously, uh, as Daniel McCormick, who we had on the Front Page Football podcast last time, actually, that was the last podcast. That's that's how far, um, that's how long it's kind of been. Anyway, um, and 
he was talking about, of course, Barney Wood, the young 14-year-old who, who came on and made uh, history in the Australia Cup. So they've left their mark in that sense. And also over 1,000 people at the game, which I think in, in New South Wales, Victoria, South Australian setting might not seem like much, but uh, in Darwin, that's, that's a big deal. And a nice stadium too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so Ian's was, yeah, the dominance of NPL Victoria teams. Yeah, it's a good one, uh, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, I know Avondale played, you know, Mendel, but they were freaking dominant. I mean, that's, you know, 30 shots, 30 on target. Like they were really peppering them all game in that one. But uh, Cody, how about you? Well, just actually staying on a bit of the topic of Victorian teams, how Wollongong United held their own against um, Green Gully, I thought was something worth noting, considering Wollongong United are... Was it six tier Australian football that play their local Premier League? But isn't there isn't there just on that? Because I think Ian might be able to weigh in on this one. So with that league though, I know it's six tier, but there's kind of a feeling that it's kind of a better quality than than maybe a six tier label might suggest. Yeah, there's been throughout the history of the Australian Cup qualifiers in New South Wales, a lot of uh, Illawarra teams have done have just uh, just been eliminated outside the direct phase. Um, and they, you know, they usually beat these, oh, they used to be called MPL2, MPL3 and MPL4 sides. So there's a lot of the Wollongong or the Illawarra Premier League is still is a very strong league. Um, and look, it's, it's a surprise that they're there, but it's also not a surprise because that Illawarra League, there's a lot of money in there, a lot of visa players, especially from Japan. Um, but yeah, Wollongong United, it's always going to be a tough ask against a Green Gully Um but they gave up, as Cody said, like a great fight, Wollongong United, for considering where they are in the football Australian football pyramid. They gave up a hell of a fight. Unfortunately, they went down, but the crowd were into it as well. And I think that, yeah, Wollongong, like Wollongong United, they didn't go out embarrassed or anything like that. They can help the, they can hold their heads up high. Yeah, and that uh, night there was absolutely crazy night as well. That was Wednesday, twenty uh, seventh July, and I was at the the Adelaide City Logan Lightning game and as you're watching that and all these goals were coming in from the Wollongong Green Gully game and the Heidelberg Brisbane game and I think Brisbane City and Cockburn were playing uh, that night as well and it was just Coburn what's that? Coburn it's pronounced is it and pronounced Coburn? Lightly, yes oh my god wow <laughs> holy shit <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm going to get, get memed so hard. <laughs> it is crazy. All right. Anyway, this is actually, this is, why, this is why it's good that Matt Olsen's not on the podcast. Where's Matt Olsen? <laughs> where's Matt Olsen when you need him? <laughs> I take it back. It's good that he's not here. Anyway, um, so Coburn. Sorry, Coburn. Right, there we go. Uh, but yeah, that, um, that was a crazy night. There was just goals coming in from nowhere. And, and meanwhile, I was at the Adelaide City game. And um, yeah, it was kind of, Kind of boring. Uh, anyway, so the uh, Antonis, what about you? Yeah, um, um, Ian mentioned the Victorian dominance. I want to talk about the South Australian dominance. Yeah. Three, yeah, three from three. And Victorian football has always had the high standard. But a few years ago, South Australia was not always rated as one of the better NPL comps. And we wanted in, um, South Australia won in different levels. You had United getting it done on a league level. You had Adelaide City with a straight-up NPL matchup, and then you had Modbury with the state league club going over and upsetting Armadale in Perth. So three from three, having three South Australian sides in the round of sixteen, 
tick boxes. So it was very impressive. Very good to see South Australian sides getting the job done on the national stage. Yeah, I mean, Mobry was the most impressive for me. And you could argue, and again, fucking Matt Olsen. Anyway, uh, you can argue that the WA, see, for those listening, Matt Olsen is, uh, is our WA football uh, expert. So it would have been great to uh, get, his, get his thoughts on this. But anyway, WA football, there maybe is a sense that it's it's kind of on the decline and, and uh, you know, seeing the performance of, of Armadale and Coburn in in this uh, round of 32 probably suggests that. But uh, for Modbury, a second division team to to travel and to just blitz them and play them off the park like they did in that first half was was extremely impressive. And um, yeah, uh, Antonis, I think the McCabe twins did uh, themselves no harm in uh, putting themselves in the uh, in the spotlight. And we talk about them as a state league one team, but. They're, not they're, really an yeah. they're an MPL. They're, they've yeah. gone promoted now, but they've got the McCabe twins. Who, Hamish won the Serge Melter medal in the MPL last year. Liam's no slouch either. He created yeah. what was it, nine chances. I read the other day against yeah. Armadale. Yeah, yeah. You've got Cooper Wegener, who's their second top scorer, come from the United system. You've got some MPL quality level players in there. So it's quite a good setup. So, But it's good to see that a club like that can be in the second tier of South Australia and work its way up, that it's, it's spread out. It's not all just concentrated in the NPL level. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're, yeah, like you're saying, they're, they're effectively an NPL team in my eyes. Um, I'd take them over, you know, the Caller and Cumberland mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> any day. So, yeah, but um, so some other stories kind of looking around in terms of um, – the NPL club. So, how about the performance from the Broadmeadow Magic keeper, the backup <laughs> keeper, Zach Bowling? He was uh, he was unbelievable there with fourteen saves. Uh, he's still a teenager as well. I mean, that's kind of that's the type of performance that puts you in a you know an A League kind of shop window uh, as as you know potentially sitting on the bench for an A League um, for an A League club. I know I think some I saw some Mariners fans even talking about. And not not being a starting keeper, but uh, as like an, another option for them, obviously with Birigetti leaving, uh, and now of course they've got they've got Danny Vukovic. So um, he he did himself no for, uh, you know no harm in uh, putting himself in the shot window. Well, this is what's the what the Australia Cup is all about: is getting these guys that don't usually get the spotlight, the attention that they most likely deserve. Um, you know, they they could be a keeper in the I don't know MPL Queensland who's got maybe. 20 clean sheets all season, but we don't really know about him. And then the Australia Cup comes and then he gets that attention just for an example. So I think that it's, yeah, it's fantastic that they, um, that the Australia Cup is all about recognising this talent or these, these stories that Australian football has to offer. Yeah, and staying with the Northern New South Wales theme, you had Newcastle Olympic and they gave Melbourne City a bit of a scare in that game as well. And I'll throw it uh, in yourself and Cody as well. So what's the... What's the feeling, I guess, and I know you guys probably aren't in the North Newcastle region, but what's the feeling towards Northern New South Wales, you know, the Northern New South Wales NPL and, and how football's going up there? With Newcastle football, I actually spoke to someone, not necessarily recently, but in the past 12 months about what the standard is like over there. The top of the Northern New South Wales NPL is a good standard, but um, as you go down the, as you go down the track, the gap does widen massively. I know when you get to about the second division, State League One over there, it's probably the same quality as what a um, local Premier League competition would be in Sydney. But um, 
I think that was basically the massive thing. There is a massive gap between the good players and the not so good players. But that Newcastle Olympic game, Melbourne City can count themselves very, very lucky to be going through because they weren't, I'm not going to say they were not good because that, I don't want to diminish how well Newcastle Olympic were, but that was not one of their best performances. Mm. Yeah. I thought, uh, in terms, so in terms of A-League teams then, uh, so probably the two that impressed the most for me, Antonis just touched on it before, I thought Adelaide United were very impressive and Brisbane Raw, I thought were very impressive. Mm. And more so, Ian, Ian touched on Heidelberg before and that's not, it was one of those, that's one of those away grounds, I feel, with the NPL clubs. That's not an easy kind of, you know, it's a midweek, you're traveling, you haven't, you know, you're not in season and stuff like that. And then it's one all midway through the second half as well. And you need to kind of find that character. So I thought that was actually quite an impressive win mm-hmm. by Brisbane. And probably most impressive was Charlie Austin. And seeing the way he, yeah, like really, he looks like he's taking the duck to water like straight away, which uh, which looks very good. Bodes very well for them going into the A-League, you know, uh, later on this year. And it was straight away, wasn't it? It was what, one minute into the game where not scoring, but just that touch to play mm. Akbari and, and that's what Brisbane missed last year. They were solid a lot of times defensively. That, and that's what you yeah. that's what you want when you play, buy visa players, by the way. Yeah. Like that's that's it's that little, you know, yeah. yeah. But that's what Brisbane was missing last year. Just someone that could bring players into the game that would not let their good play fall apart. Anything else but Juan Lescano. That that's yeah, what well, they needed. Yeah. <laughs> well and even like someone like forget about the player as well, just his engagement with Australian football in general. Just through social media, you know, just Akdak is bypass Starage just for that. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Warren Moon's getting vindication for not signing an NPL player. So that's um, that's cool. um Christian, uh, I know I know that you're the host of this, but just uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Macarthur? Well, is, is, is there an unwritten rule where um, if you're the host, you can't be asked <laughs> questions? <laughs> Yeah, anything works one way, apparently. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's the culture of fear. <laughs> uh, so, MacArthur. MacArthur. Am I getting sacked? <laughs> Are you getting sacked? Uh, oh, yeah, MacArthur, yeah. <laughs> that'll, uh, be, that'll be decided later. First minute's back. <laughs> yeah, uh, MacArthur. Uh, yeah, 6-0. Um, look, I don't know, Magpies Crusaders. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just say that <laughs> but, um, you know yeah of course Azani scoring I was actually just going to touch on this as well with with both Wellington and MacArthur you know big away wins and two new signings scoring for them as well so I think this is probably a good period at the moment for the A-League clubs obviously to you know kind of get some sort of preparation for the A-League season but also get their new signings just a little bit up to speed and a little bit familiar uh, with playing with um, you know their squads on the pitch, and I think for Daniel Arzani and um, and Kryev for Wellington, that uh, that was very good, and uh, yeah, scoring as well um, too. So you know, six nil, four nil, they were both very good, and uh, yeah, any any thoughts on on Macarthur, Daniel Arzani, Cody is going to make a huge comeback this year. I think so. I. Oh, all right. You're sold. You're sold already. That's it. I wouldn't say I'm sold. I'm not necessarily sold in that performance. Scored one goal against Magpies Crusaders, <laughs> and he is he is back. Not even based on that. We saw how good he was the last time he was in the A League. I can't imagine it would take that long for him to get back up to speed. And now that he's here as an integral member of a squad, 
I really think we could see him get back to his best. I'm not saying he'll be in the next World Cup squad, but with the Asian Cup meant to be around the corner, I don't know if that's going to end up being in 2023 or if I'll push it back further again, but you never know. Maybe we'll see him back in a soccer jersey. It just needs game time. And he wasn't getting that overseas. And MacArthur will be trying to get every minute the can out of him. So, you know, match made in heaven. He, he needs to play. We need some star quality in this league. He's a great story. MacArthur needs that X factor to get people through the door. Hopefully, they help out with the ticket prices as well. But sorry, 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 Han, Han. I don't know. Ian's cracking up, and I just don't know why. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like Cody's. Like you know, uh, I'm impressed after Azani, and then it's just like Zach Clough scores a goal. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. <Look, laughs> you know what? That's it. You know what? You know what? Let's just get into Zach Clough now. All right. Let's talk about Adelaide United. <laughs> just really briefly. Since you bring it up, all right. So Adelaide, two <laughs> 0 as I said, I thought very impressive. Uh, obviously, Ibisuki with a stunning goal, uh, which was just, yeah, outrageous, to be honest. The ball's, you know, behind him and he has to readjust. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and by the way, the ball's behind him because it's not the best cross by Zach Clough. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, Zach Clough, yeah, was was actually quite impressive. And um, I, I, I've, I've maintained my stance on Zach Clough that if he has a good preseason, you know, you know, yeah, if he just basically has a preseason with this team that he could get up to speed and he could be one of the better players. So, you know, it's, a, yeah. yeah it's, it's about that summer training with Matty Cash in Dubai. That's, that's what it was, the preseason. And yeah. No, 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 it wasn't that. It definitely wasn't that. <laughs> and, and Declan Rice, yeah. <laughs> um, but he was very impressive. And that's what you said. I saw Nottingham Forest put up a video in the, in the off-season where Zach Clough actually assisted um, Jason Cummings. For Nottingham Forest. Yeah, yeah. Th- like, that's the thing wow. about no, but in all that's the thing about Clough is when he was a youngster at Forest, he's actually really yeah. highly rated. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he yeah. Commanded a high transfer fee in the millions. He can do it, but as you said, it's actually getting the training out of him, actually getting him fit and firing, which by all means is happening so far. He had a fantastic first half, and in the second half, before that assist, I don't think he touched the ball. But that comes with the fitness, you know, how long can you go for? And I think a few of us were skeptical when they gave him a two-year deal. But if he can get fit and firing and playing like that for 90 minutes, two years suddenly seems like an amazing deal. So time will tell. And Antonis, what do you think? So what do you think LA United at the moment? What's uh, what's your thoughts on it? Obviously, Goodwin resigned, Halloran's in. Everyone seems to be very much very, very optimistic. My most exciting thing about that game was I just got to see something else from the midfield, not the Isaias one day, who I love them both. I adore see, them see both. In, see, in, I'm not the only one who complains about Leonardo's midfield. Come on. <laughs> I've uh, been complaining for a while. I love both those guys, and they are probably two of the best holding midfielders in the history of the comp, but you need someone else to play next to one of them. You have Johnny Yole, who's ripping apart the MPL, who Chelsea has called over for a trial and he's still there. It was supposed to be two weeks, he's still there. Mm. Chelsea, he got picked for the young Socceroos squad as well. So the national team can see the talent. Chelsea sees it. Why can't we utilise in the building he's already in? And there's other players like Louis Dorigo, that Ethan Alligate, that can, they deserve I, I, an I'm opportunity. Gonna I'm going to have to stop you on the Dorigo one. I don't know. Uh, Louis, yeah, I don't know. For me, he's more of a six than an eight. 
yeah, but when you sign two of the best sixes in the history of the comp, it, uh, you're not really going to yeah, get much in it, will you? I know, but I'm just bummed out that I sold Jokaletti to Japan. <laughs> Fourth tier of Japan, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Fourth tier Japan. <laughs> yeah. What a loss. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, the, the, yes, the other two big, the big uh, clashes, other two big all A league clashes. Get that out. Um, of course, the first one being Sydney and the Mariners. And uh, crazy game, that one, three all after extra time. Uh, Jason Cummings thought he could beat the Grey Wiggle in a shootout, but um, you, you know, you don't do that. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and uh, Sydney, Sydney get up. Um, and and go through, but uh, I guess we have to. I guess we have to talk about it a little bit. This game was was marred by the by the post match uh, scenes in the car park uh, after the game with with flares being thrown and 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 some some fighting amongst amongst. Uh, I'm not going to call them fans or supporters because the the consensus seems to be that they weren't either Sydney FC or Mariners fans, and that they were just a bunch of guys who went to the stadium looking for a fight. So. Yeah, what are our thoughts on that? It's it sucks because we've mm. I think even the whole football community as a whole, I think we've tried to work hard to make sure these things aren't what define us in just general Australian media yet. Mm. Something and by like- the way, by the way, I was very I was very happy to see the Mariners come out. I think it was like one or two days later and was released- day, wasn't it? Was that? I was pretty sure it was the next day even. Yeah, yeah. And released a statement basically saying there was no Mariners fans, don't don't publish anything that, you know, claims that they're Mariners fans. So that was good. It's good to see a club sticking up for their fans as well, especially when they weren't involved. But like I was saying, you don't want to see, like, you know what the Australian media is going to do. Once they see something like this, they're going to gobble it up. They're going to make sure it's on front page or the headline story of the six o'clock news. I'm sure 90% of football fans are sick of it. Like, yeah, look, we might like a bit of intense culture. We want to be passionate about our clubs, but you don't want to see it cross that line as well. It's, I don't know, like, I like passionate fans. I like fans as much as people say um, flares aren't good for the game. You do like to see a bit of colour. I like the way Adelaide do it, actually, with um, the safe smoke. Safe smoke is the, safe smoke's the way around it, yeah. Um, I I really like that. It does add, it adds that colour that we want to see. But as much as people love flares, we know it's illegal. We know people aren't, once people see it, where are they going to gobble up and make sure people on the news are talking about it? How hard is it just not to do it? It's not even about players. It's about the people that go to the but game. Why, what, can I just five? Yeah. Can I just start? Like, and I don't, I don't think there's anything, you know, inherently wrong at all about our fan culture or anything like that. If anything, I think most of us probably agree that I don't feel like we're passionate enough. I mean, I was watching the highlights back of that game and it was kind of like, I don't know. It just, you know, it's two New South Wales teams. It was a decent crowd. And, you get three all an extra time, and it just felt flat still when you're watching it back. Like I just felt like, you know, these are, you know, Cummings. Besides the Cummings goal, where 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 they kind of, you know, there was some good kind of celebrations and scenes there. But outside of that, like, just seemed a little bit like, you know, it felt like a preseason sort of game. You know, um, I mean, no one's denying you don't want to see any passion, but you also don't want to see cross that line either. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's and that's all I was getting to that. I just don't get people going into games looking for fights. They're there to kind of make it about themselves and not the actual football. I've got great friends for we united the South Australian sides rivals with Melbourne Victory. 
I've got like six, seven victory supporters I'm very close to. Mm. You know, it's you it's slow line. You don't cough. You know, you can go and have a drink afterwards and get along. So that's, I just think, yeah, just go enjoy the game and leave it at the game. It's, it's a game. <laughs> that's what it is. Take it for what it is. That's what we talk about. Even when you talk about players, they'll get in each other's faces, but everything that happens is left on the pitch. Exactly. That's right. Whatever happens, you leave it in the stadium. But it almost seems like these people weren't even, they didn't even care about the match, which is, which is that's, that's stuff that you hear when you're talking about like mm-hmm. hooliganism in England. Well, you know, in words, council confirmed that everything that happened, none of it was from people that actually had a ticket to that's right. the game itself. So, yeah, it's it's as if who they know, were, what they were doing, it's all up for question. Obviously, there's rumors about who it was. Oh yeah, if you ask the supporters, they'll tell you. Yeah, but it, the thing that sucks, the thing that sucks is is it's using our game to as a platform for for just absolute stupidity. Um, so that that really is a shame. But Ian, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Oh, like you know how you said earlier that it feels like a pre-season game. Just my opinion, I'm not a fan of what's like of the coverage that's on like of the Australia Cup, as in on TV. And I, I just think that this is there's too many platforms to watch the games, and there's not enough. I don't know how to describe it. The words aren't coming to my head at the moment, but it's just. I was watching my dad. Okay, let's watch Australia Cup. And we go, 10 bold, nothing. Main channel, town 10, nothing. It's like, on oh, 10 play. And then, you know, I got logged out of the account. Sign it. It takes a long time. So I'm just not... And then also the Sydney FC Mariners game, I thought that wasn't even in uh, 1080p, was it? I don't even think it was, the, the quality. I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that, as you said, I like the Australia Cup games, especially the NPL teams. But when it's A-League against A-League, sometimes it just feels a bit unprofessional still, in my opinion. It's um, it's something like with Ten Play. I think they don't do a good enough job of actually advertising and showing. Yes, it's free. You can just literally open it up and watch the game. A lot of people genuinely don't know about it. I've got friends. I've got family members. I tell them sign up and it's free. And they're like, "What, really? Like we're in we're a, a year into this. Like we should already know this, but it doesn't. We don't do a good not us, but the people running it don't do a good job." of actually spreading that word and showing people how easy and accessible it can be with any device. That's the thing, because we've been screaming for free-to-air football coverage for ages. Now we have it, but no one seems to know about it. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, I think... Um, I do think the it is accessible to an extent um, because you've got... As you're saying there, you, you know, you can literally just sign up, make an account, it's free, and you're on there. And and that's that's easy, which is great. I think uh, if you look at it from maybe an MPL perspective, I think maybe it would have been great for for the local clubs to have to have their games actually broadcasted on on free to wear TV, uh, because the the exposure that they would get from that would be would be fantastic. But look, maybe there's you know complications with with the deal or certain clauses in in the deal, the TV deal that was made. Who knows? Um, so that's you know that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, that that's just something personal. I would have would have loved to see. Just with the actual game itself, I just want to say how refreshing it was to see Sydney FC actually try to play football. <laughs> I know it sounds extreme, but I actually enjoyed watching Sydney play. And I don't know when the last. What's time with the? We're really we're really becoming this. Um, 
the, the subtle criticism of Sydney, like it's oh, once every podcast. Ian, 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 Ian just like has a go at Steve Corrier for not playing young players the last podcast, which oh. had nothing to do with Mindelaces at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about the young players in a second as well, but actually changing the way he's playing since the what it feels like the prehistoric Graham Arnold Sydney days. That well, he had to. Changed. Well, you have to. Yeah. And he actually worked, you know. I enjoyed watching Sydney play and I've been a loud critic of how Sydney FC plays. And I really enjoyed it. And I think going back to young players, Segesic, I think, had a fantastic game. But one thing that really shook me is who did he sub off? Was it either Yazbek or Retray in the 80th minute mark when they were chasing, well, they were defending a lead. He subbed off a defensive mid for Jaden Kucharski, an attacking player. And I still cannot comprehend what was going on there. Yeah, but Ian, Ian loved that. Ian loved that, though. Kucharski yeah. coming yeah. on. I, I, yeah. And I said, I loved Kucharski coming on, but for a defensive player while you're defending a lead, and then they go and cop a goal, and you're like, if you lose this, my God. You know, the, other thing, the you, architect of your own problems. You know the other thing I've noticed? You think, Ian, you think uh, I've got issues with midfielders and stuff. Antonis has got way more issues with midfielders than me. <laughs> it's like, you know, when we talk about Socceroos and Peru, he, he was talking about how Graham Arnold didn't make a change and now he's criticising Steve Corrigan for making a change in midfield. <laughs> but look, it's midfield, midfield subs and Antonis just don't <laughs> Well, it's the context of each situation. You're being overrun in the midfield, probably make a change there. You're defending a lead, probably don't touch your defensive <laughs> all midfielders. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, you're a midfield for Adelaide United, then you just you're playing, you do a ship pass, then you just look around the corner, Marchetti and Pagodas, oh, oh, you know, touching passes. I like, like, like giving the Brendan Rogers treatment where I get my notepad out and scribbling. Shit down. <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't, it's and I've been consistent. I'm not criticizing just the midfield players. I'm criticizing the people that are implementing this midfields are making putting players in a position to fail. Basically. So basically, you hate Cargo and Arnold. <laughs> I hate the decision. Uh, hate the idea, not the man. Yeah. But even with is that, is that how it goes? Yeah. Even with Corica, like we've been talking for ages, and not just us, I think everyone in Australia has been talking for ages that Sydney FC need to get out of this whole 4 2 2 2 formation yeah. that Graham Arnold implemented, and Corica's just been kind of riding off the back of. You need to give credit to Corica for actually going in the, pre, in the off season going, yep. I'm going to make this change. He's done it. He's stuck through with it. I don't know. You know what my feeling is on this. I don't know about like giving credit to people when they actually have to make decisions. <laughs> I feel like that's a bit... If you preempt the situation, you make a decision before, it's... then I'll give you praise. But I don't know. I'm a, I'm a teacher. It's... Some positive reinforcement works with future decisions. Trust me. Give him this one. And for me, we're in Australia. You don't get punished for being garbage. Ask the central coast. You know, they were awful for half a decade. And what did they get out of it? Nothing. You know, you don't get punished. So why can't you be daring every once in a blue moon to do something different? To in push a sky, sky the blue agenda. Moon. Yeah, just try. Try. You won't get punished. You might drop three points. You might drop one point. Please, just try. All right. Antonis, is, you need to breath. Okay. Uh Last last one, of course, we have to touch on uh, West Ham United Melbourne victory. Victory, the holders are out, and we will have a new champion uh, this year in the Australia Cup. But uh, I want to talk about the attendance because um, 
Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of an abomination. Uh, not even five thousand for for the A League champions against the Australia Cup champions. So yeah, and Nanny Nanny uh, was in the squad. It wasn't like he was omitted completely from the match yeah. day squad. Nanny was there. Yeah, mm. but look, it. I reckon it's 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 midweek as well, and I guess that was an issue as well. Like midweek in the city. You know, people got work and that. So I can't really blame the crowd too much. But yeah, it was disappointing to see less than, well, I think it was 3,600 and 3,500 were victory fans. So credit to them. It wasn't just um, that though, because... Is that, is that right? Sorry. Is that right? Was that 100 West United fans there? No, 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 no. That was just, that was just a meme. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest, based on the pictures, freaking you can believe that. Uh, when... <laughs> Can I just say that it's not just the midweek stuff. How long did they take to actually announce a venue for this? If I'm living in Melbourne and I know I'm working on the day, the actual venue is going to make a huge difference if I can attend or not. So you need to be proactive with that. That's number one. Um, number two, uh, even though... Uh, sorry, not, uh, you go. It's sorry, sorry, so even on your point, like number one, where you say like, you know, you can't do last minute. Melbourne is a big city, so it takes a long time for people exactly. to, plan, to, to plan ahead, traffic work etc it's not like a country town of 10k or like <laughs> devonport for example but um you know um yeah i'm going in tennis yeah. and it's not a fixture like the a-league years ago and this year i hope that we have a fixture and it's set and you can go to it if you had a week or two notice to get out of work change your shifts make those arrangements and even less with the change of venues and it looked awful, but I think it sounded great in the TV with the echo. The atmosphere really sounded well because of how the roof keeps it in. And um, I was actually there for the semi-final, the second leg last year, and the atmosphere was fantastic. So mm. for the few people that actually went, I reckon it would have been a good experience as well. And it's what a goal. Like, what, goal game. what a goal <laughs> they were treated to. That um, what Jake Brimmer? Jake Brimmer with the definition of top corner. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh, wow. He's yeah. um, so, wait, Antonis, really established himself. Antonis, your last two visits at Amy Park, you've seen some bangers. Like, you oh, know, no, one no. from Jake Brimmer and uh, Zach Clark scoring. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough of Zach Clark. All right. I've already given him praise hey, look, on this podcast. And I'm praising a midfielder. Come on. Give me some credit. Yeah, I did as well. I praised Jake Brimmer just then. <laughs> Oh, and I also want to touch on Lockie Wales just while we're at it because he uh, he was fantastic in that game as well. Um, and he's he was a guy that you want to talk about my that clutch treatment. I was I was all over Lockie Wales for being garbage um, for a period there when he was first at West United and stuff. So he's really kind of turned the corner and, and been really good for them. So so that the last season yeah. Lockie Wales was yeah he really he really cool. came leaps and bounds yeah. Um, so so credit it's to been him. a difference since yeah. um. The Olympics, sorry. The Olympics, exactly. Mm. Where because mm. before that he was on this awful goal-scoring drought, and ever since, like you said, he's been a different player. And against victory, he ran himself to the ground. I don't know if you saw towards the end. I had my eyes on him because he could barely walk while they were trying to defend that lead. He had completely exhausted himself. Mm. And um, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting point about the Olympics that you make there because it's that exposure, isn't it, to to international football and, and, and major competitions. And, uh, yeah. And he scored against Argentina. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's not just the opposition, though. Yeah. It's the actual reps to be able to play more games. That's right. You have the opportunity, which we just don't have in this country. I think Graham Arnold's got a... Um, has he got a picture frame of, of Marco Tilio celebrating second goal in that game? Okay. Like, it's like on his, on his bedside table. Isn't it? It's like... 
And then on the other side is like Andrew Redman. It's like my two biggest achievements as uh, <laughs> as Socceroos coach. Anyway. Well, whatever. can you blame him to be uh, fair? <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I would put the, the Tilio one up if you actually made it out of the group. But um, the Tilio one up anyway. I still remember that day. I don't think I've been, I was happy until we made the World Cup. That was. Yeah, but I only, I only, yeah, but I mainly celebrate like, like, I'm. I'll happily watch the. No, the no, team. sorry, Wait, Cody. You, you can't. Christian never gets happy. Don't worry. It's just yeah. It's like Adrian Krustic wins the Europa League. Yeah, everyone's happy. Hey, no. don't give me start. Don't give me start on Adrian Krustic because he wasn't even he in the squad for that buying game. And I'm already. Yeah, I'm more to go. Right. Anyway, that's another topic for another day. The the Tilio stuff, right? I'll happily go back and watch the Tim Kale goals against Japan because I I can I know that we made it out of the group and it's a fantastic campaign in 2006. But but. If I go back and watch the Tilio goal, I just know that, hey, it ended in a shit defeat to Egypt. So, um, see, I'll see that Tilio goal and I'll just think of the euphoria I felt beating Argentina, who have a great record at the Olympics, really. Well, you just got to have a winning mentality like me. <laughs> I prefer to be the optimist here. Did you want to coach the soccer is Christian? Nah, well, I don't have my qualifications yet, but when I do, um, you know, no I worries. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we yeah, let's uh let's take a break. Unless there's anything else uh you guys wanted to touch on in regards to round thirty two. Um the Western United Melbourne Victory game, one point on that. I know he was only on the field for I don't even think it was ten minutes, but and we talked a little bit about that there was less than five thousand people there, but those less than five thousand people were treated to an absolute show from Lewis Nanny, and that that's something that works. Um it's gonna be fun. this season. I am very, very excited. It's gonna be very fun. I'll tell you, it does not take long um, for Cody to get excited about things. He it really is not. He really is the antithesis of me. Wait, one last comment about uh, Australia around 32. Only one NPL New South Wales club in Australia. Uh, yeah, NPL New South Wales. Yeah, so New South Wales football. Yeah, it's taking a plunge. Yeah, yeah I don't so know what's going that, on there. That's Sydney United, am I, am I right? Yeah. And I got yeah. to face, listen. Yeah. Mm, that's going to be I interesting. Mean, every, everyone gonna... is like, you know, the... Like everyone's talking about how the hegemony of football in this country is like, you know, oh, state football, sorry, is like New South Wales. Well, <laughs> doesn't show you like this. This cup doesn't show it at the moment. I'm very glad I don't know because I think the qualifying process, I think the qualifying process did show how strong New South Wales is kind of across the board because the fact that you had Wollongong United beating Blacktown City, we had upset after upset in the qualifying process. That's probably the reason why maybe some of those lower clubs just couldn't do it when they were facing those. High quality, mm, they got to travel. Um, NWS Spirit had to travel to Peninsula Power after having a few wins in. Uh, actually, just on that, but... sorry, I just want to mention Queensland because Peninsula Power through, talked about Brisbane, uh, Raw, Brisbane City coming back City. and winning, and Logan Lightning, who I remember the talk kind of going into the game against Adelaide City that it might have been a very favorable game for Adelaide City, but they put, they, Gave City a real scare. I felt in that game, particularly second half, not not really creating much, but they were they were kind of in control yeah, in the second half, and uh, kind of yeah, kind of um, showed that you know Queensland's not too bad um, either. So yeah, and this is why we need this second division as soon as possible. So we're not making speculations of ninety minutes that happen once or twice a year. That we actually have a full competition where you got this talent, the best talent in those divisions, do it, taking that natural step up. And you can actually make some fair, fair calls Judgment. on this stuff for judgments. Yeah. 
And yeah, this is what we need. This, and then the new crop starts coming through. More chances are being given. So please, as soon as possible. <laughs> Well, 2023 is what's being said, but... Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Is what yep. I say. I'm, in your, I'm in your camp there. <laughs> I'm in your camp there. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the round of 16 draw. Okay, so Australia Cup round of 16 draw was made last Wednesday. And I'm just going to get straight into this because me and Antonis are dying to talk about it. The biggest tie of the round. and it's evidenced as the biggest tie because even outside of South Australia, there are people in New South Wales and Victoria talking about this, which is if you, if you live in South Australia and you know about football in South Australia, people on the Eastern seaboard never talk about our football. No offense to to Cody and Ian, but it's just true. And uh, just goes to show how big this game is. Adelaide city, the three-time NSL champions back in the day playing Adelaide United, who were three-time uh, Australia Cup or FA Cup, however you want to call it, champions, National Cup champions. Uh, City also three-time National Cup champions from the NSL days as well. And uh, two two of the biggest clubs um, by far in South Australia are going to play against each other. Antonis, this is a game which oh, I've written here that some people have been waiting literally 20 years for. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's kind of the, the magnitude of this game. You know what? Uh, Ernie Merrick hired as a disruptor they called him and my god busy meeting the job required i wouldn't i wouldn't would call that disrupting i would call that like creating injecting oh, life uh, is disrupting the landscape of south australian football because as you said 20 years adelaide city exits the nsl which creates adelaide united pretty much essentially the replacement team yeah, yeah. It, that takes adelaide city players let's not forget so it already starts from there and we've had pre-season friendlies, there's been MPL games, but for the first time ever, the two senior sides taking on each other and round of eight in the national competition up for grabs. And it's... I mean, this is... Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to feel about it, but my God, there's going to be history. It's history. Yeah, I think I think the only maybe MPL A-League fixture that I can think of that would top this would be if South Melbourne played Melbourne Victory. That, that would possibly yeah. be, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, I know South Melbourne played Melbourne City a couple of years ago, but that's obviously, you know. Or something City, so. like that. Like if, say, an Adelaide City drew a South Melbourne, like a yeah. big old rivalry yeah, like that. But yeah, yeah. it's huge. It's, Absolutely. And um, it's such a big rivalry that doesn't have a game to, a game to its name yet. It's the, fascinating. It, that's what I mean. It, it's funny because it, it's a big rivalry, but it's not a big rivalry. This is the funny thing because off the pitch, it was always... You know, my understanding it was always a, it was always kind of big rivalry, and it was always a little bit heated, and and there's always that, you know, uh, you know, we're actually the first original kind of big hitters in South Australia, uh, and that's what Adelaide City is saying. Whereas, Adelaide United uh, are the new, you know, hot, red hot kind of kind of team coming in, and we're going to take your place, and we're going to take all your players because that's what happened inevitably when Adelaide City dropped out of the NSL, went back into the NPL uh, to basically rebuild financially, and then all those players. Uh, like Ross Aloisi, Michael Alcanis, uh, and so on, moved to moved to Adelaide United. So, uh, and of course, the man himself, Carl Viet. So it's and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's and South Australia is a state for this because this is a mirror, a mirror image of the Port Adelaide and Crows story, isn't it? Mm. The whole Port Adelaide being 
the club with all the premierships not being allowed in the competition, the crows being created instead, and then Port Adelaide coming in after. So South Australia is well-versed in this, and this is the first chapter of this. And if we get the second division, it's going to be a regular fixture. So... By the way, um, that's that's the last time I want to hear you mention the crows on this um podcast yes. because I think I'm gonna, no, I, I think I might I think I might literally throw something at my wall no. in a second. Especially <laughs> since in this situation, Adelaide United are the crows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, no, not Adelaide, not Adelaide yeah, crows. Oh, it's, What's going on there? It's anyway, it's huge. It's huge. So much to talk about. So many people involved in this. Start Carvey. It's been on both sides. Paul Pezos and the other side's been on both sides. There's players that've been on both sides. So. The Adelaide City, yeah, I'll, I'll run through it for you now uh, real quick. So Adelaide City players were ex-Adelaide United youth players. So you've got Daniel Brasson, uh, Jai King, Charlie Devereaux, Zach Waters, Ayun Majok, Aladdin Irabona, and Dakota Oshinam. So seven players in the Adelaide City squad. And the coach. And the coach uh, in Paul Pezos, who were ex-Adelaide United youth, either players or coaches. Um, and yeah, to... And look at and, the and other some side. Of those, some, Yeah, and some of those are fairly recent as well that well, they were when, kind of involved, so... When you look at the other side, you've got, mm. and that's supposed to be the big step up in the A-League, but you've got Lockie Barr, who's starting in centre-back for Adelaide now these days, mm. and Asad Kasumovic, who are both not just Adelaide City players, they're Adelaide City champions. That's right. So it's a huge... Carl Viet's an Adelaide Viet, City yeah. champion. Yeah, as well. It's, so, it's uh, just so intertwined mm. because there's been 20 years of this isn't possible, and then Ernie Merrick, that's done the most standard drive ever seen, not even playing around with the watch, just going like, I, I want actually, this one and this one, this one and this one. Yeah. And he picked it. I actually might not care what else Ernie Merrick does in his role as the chief football officer anymore now that he's done this. I think that's that's it. You know, he, he set up this fixture. That's We're, we're set. Um, so, yeah. But the the other interesting piece of this, uh, it's what Antonis was touching on with that with that Port Adelaide, Adelaide Crows comparison as well, is there's this real plastic club um thing going around as well at the moment so adelaide city being the the you know quote unquote real real uh, club in south australia with all the history and, and this that and the other funny enough if i'm a west adelaide fan i might even have a little bit of a shout on this and saying that we we're actually <laughs> we're actually the first first south australian team to actually win a national competition uh in in west adelaide which is an interesting um, your stadium. kind of fact but yes uh as antonis has touched on they um they can't seem to build a stadium so yeah um <laughs> anyway just a just a huge game and um this is you, you know we talked about before Antonis about the the second division stuff and being able to you know compare and things like that how much is this a barometer do you think of of Adelaide City and their this this current team Adelaide City their second division credentials how do you think they're going to stack up against United oh. I think with second div, I think it's mostly off the pitch what they're looking up. But on the pitch, my God, are they set up well. It's from the squad, from the coaches, from the on-field dominance they've had, the chokehold they've had, the MPL on since basically Pez came in. And as you look at it now, they may have fallen in the last... They lost the Federation Cup final last year. They've won it this year. They lost the Premiership last year. They win next week, they win it. They won the championship last year. They won a round of 32 Australia Cup games. They're ticking boxes everywhere. And this is whether you stack up against A-League opposition. Pretty good A-League opposition. But you saw last year, I think City was very, very unfortunate not, not, not to beat Melbourne Victory, coached by Tony Popovich, that won the Cup. 
So dismiss them at your peril, you know. It's going to be a very dangerous side. And Pez is a fantastic coach. Some very talented players, like you said, that have been on both sides. A few of them, the ex-youth players with chips on their shoulders as well, wanting to show we are good enough. So there's a lot there. Ian and Cody, what's what's been the reaction over in, in New South Wales to, to this game? Being I don't good. know about the reaction in New South Wales as a whole, but I just want to clarify something before I say what I want to say. This game is going to be played the 17th of August from memory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesday so, night? That's right. One thing that does dumbfound me a little bit, and I hate to bring a negative, um, negative take on this game, but why the hell was this not played on a weekend? Final. Oh, my God. What the... Did Cody Ajada just come in with a negative take? I can't. I can't believe it. I'm taking. Hey, remember that. the Matildas one? He's got negative takes in. No, but look, no, I'm no, no. no, the Matildas one. The Matildas one was like it was like a half rant where he was really trying hard not to like fully go into it. He was like kind of like he was ranting, but then he was kind of like, no, no, but it's right. I'll give Tony time. I crossed the line that I don't usually like to, but I'm just saying like. You guys are talking about that this is a massive game. Yep. For not just Adelaide City, but Adelaide United as well. I'm sure they'll be looking at this going, yeah, look, we want to prove that we're the club in South Australia, not just mm. being the elite club, but we want to beat our rivals as well. If you play this game on a Saturday or a Sunday, I don't know how it'll stack up with the local NPL. Yeah. If the guys have something on there, that might be it. I can't say I'm fully across. That, that, that would that would be why. Yeah. It's because finals. Okay, well, yeah. that, that makes sense for me then. But um. Fine. A couple of other concerns because, yeah, finals are starting, which are pretty inflexible. Yeah. Um, the other issue, and one thing I forgot to mention is it's not just on the field. Greg Griffin, who currently owns Adelaide City, used to own Adelaide United as well. So everywhere you look, there's something. The other thing with being Wednesday, we talked about the Melbourne Victory Western United game, that it's a bit hard with work and stuff for a lot of people. It's also at Jeps Cross at the New State Centre for football. And basically, if you're not driving or you don't live close by, forget it. You're not getting there. It hosts, you can fit 7,000 people in there, they reckon. But unless you're driving, there's no real public transport adequate enough to fit hundreds and hundreds of people that want to go to this game on a Wednesday night. So that's my other concern. So that's a shame because, like, I'm looking at it from my perspective. If that game was, say, on a Saturday, I'd I'd fly down myself from Sydney to Adelaide to watch something like that because yeah. that's a massive fixture. Mm. But, okay, negative stuff aside, I'm looking forward to this. I'm doing everything I can to make sure I'm at least in front of the TV watching it because it will be, it be a massive game. This yeah. will be must watch. My understanding is it will be kind of like the main game uh, on, on that night as well. Main game that night, main game this round of the Cup, I think it has the potential to be a a classic match in Australia Cup history. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think as, as Antonis touched on, the NPL with the fixtures and stuff, it is a little bit inflexible. Otherwise, I'm sure the, the possibility of putting this on a Saturday night or even a Friday night would have been would have been visited um, for sure. Uh, because, yeah, I think I think the other thing which which um, probably complicates things for from an Adelaide City perspective probably as well is uh, juniors and maybe being able to get them involved if you've got some teams training on like a Wednesday night, say, for example, too. But um, yeah. Probably we'll, looking uh, at this selfishly thinking, oh, it's on a weekday. I'm not getting out of work to fly out on in the middle <laughs> of the week. But yeah, look, it works for you guys in South Australia. At the end of the day, this is about South Australian football and it's going to be a massive, massive occasion for you guys. 
Yeah, I mean, but the other thing as well is you could look at it and say, well, if this is the big occasion that it's going to be, then people won't care that it's a Wednesday night. You know, maybe they're going to come anyway. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, so... Can I just jump yeah. I don't think everyone's across it, though. I think it's something mm. that you look back retrospectively and you're like, wow, this actually happened on a Wednesday night, on a rainy Wednesday night in front of, say, 1,000, 2,000 people at Jeb's Cross. And it builds into something ridiculous here in the future years. It's... I don't think we're fully across it. I don't think reality's hit yet. Well, let's make sure people are across it then. That's a league-wide problem, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ian, what are your thoughts on this one? You know what? I, I hope Adelaide City win. Like, just, just so it goes, like, in the history books. But, look, again, it's just... it's a, As Cody says, it's not only a big game in SA circles, it's a big game across Australia. Like, the amount of history involved of Adelaide City, the black and white stripes up against that, as you said earlier, the, the plastic franchise or... You know, the, I didn't you know, say it. The, I didn't say it. No, no, say not it. the plastic, but you know, I mean that that you know, a bit of rivalry going new. on there. Yeah, I, said that, I, I actually, I actually, called them, I actually called, I called them the new red hot team. I actually gave them a compliment. So <laughs> the new red hot team. Yeah, we'll, we'll call that new red hot team against the uh, historical red and black team. Yeah, so red, no, it should red, be good. Red and black team. Oh, sorry, not red and black. Sorry, white and black. Sorry. White Jesus. and black. Yeah. So, <laughs> isn't, uh, isn't that isn't that like the Blacktown colors? Maybe maybe that's why you thought that. No, 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 but um, yeah. Look, yeah. As as Cody mentioned on, this is a massive game in Australia football circles. I'm looking really forward to it. And look, there's some other games as well that I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, we'll touch on that later. But for me, definitely match of the round, 100%. Adelaide City against um Adelaide United guys in SA. Would did you would you have been happy to have played this game at High Marsh or not really? Like can't right now. It's a it's a construction site. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Not just that, but it's an Adelaide City home game. You don't want to then put it at Adelaide United's ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just thought because like of the capa- I just thought because like uh, possible capacity issues or like luck sliding, but uh, it's all good. Anyway, we got a we got a stadium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people. Yeah, of course, some people asked um, if that, it could be played at Martin um, as the as the Logan. Lightning game was played. What about uh, what are small rumors? Oh, not rumors, but just on Twitter banter about being played at Adelaide Oval. What were your thoughts on? No, no, absolutely not. I don't know who. <laughs> if anyone was serious about that, then yeah, just please no. I think um, the federation probably wants this one and the MacArthur game at Jeb's Cross, new facility. They want to get the word out there. Show people this exists. Come down, have a look. So yeah, we'll see how it goes because it's a great facility. But I think, like the bars, the food, I don't know how they're going to cope, especially with the City United game. They will be alright for the Macarthur game, but depending on the attendance of the second game, they can be under a lot of pressure. Not they haven't been the fastest so far. What do you think, um, Antonio? Do you think? Uh... Are they, are they going to be any any scenes uh, reminiscent of the Sydney Mariners game between uh, between the two sets of fans? Uh, well, that's the thing. These people and a lot of people. I forgot to mention that a lot of people are actually stuck in the conundrum because I've spoken to a couple that were big city supporters, and then Adelaide United came in, and because it's not you start following Adelaide United, you start following your beloved city players that are playing for Adelaide United, and then next thing you know, it's been twenty years. So you're caught 
in between this situation. And South Australia, you know how it is, two degrees of separation. Everyone knows everyone. You it really know, is. <laughs> and you know who's going to be there, who's going to be supporting Sydney, who's going to be supporting United. It's, it's a lot friendlier than it will be in a few years' time. You know, it's still quite raw. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, looking elsewhere. So some other NPL A-League ties in, in the round of 16. So we've got Bentley in Sydney FC, Mobry and MacArthur. Well, technically that's on NPL A-League tie. That's a state league <laughs> A-League tie. Uh, Sydney United, West United, and Avondale and Brisbane. Those all look quite tasty to me. I think the MacArthur-Modbury one is going to be interesting. On one hand, you got you can look at it as MacArthur's kind of had a very, very easy run, easy yeah. run so far <laughs> to state league sides because I'm pretty sure Magpie Crusaders are only in the second division in Queensland as well. Yes, but, yes. Um, you guys have already said Modbury's definitely not a state league side. No. Well, the thing, the thing which interests me about this with Mobbury is people will argue, well, you know, MacArthur will kill him. They've got the A-League quality, you know, Mobbury got State League quality. And there is a feeling with Mobbury that although they've got the McKay boys, they've got uh, Wagner, as, as Antonis was touching on, who are very good attackers. Defensively, they're probably not the best and that's where they can get undone. But when you're smashing teams every single week and scoring the amount of goals like they are and playing literally at your highest possible confidence at right now, that's that's freaking dangerous for anyone. Uh, I don't really care what you say. So this is going to be interesting. Well, look at Bradford City in the FA Cup. Sorry? Um, look at Bradford City in the FA Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, Modbury two weeks ago beat Port Adelaide 10-1 or something ridiculous like that. And that's like a team that was probably going to play finals this year in their division. You know, so they're quite a dangerous team. But watch the food. Don't tune in late into this one because it's going to be if Modbury loses badly, it's going to be designed in the first 10 minutes. I don't know if you, um, Christian, in the Federation Cup final we had here in South Australia, Modbury started very slow, conceded to Adelaide City early. Then actually I played Adelaide yeah. City for me for most of the first yeah. half. But it was already over. City absorbed the pressure. Mm. Score the second one, and then it was a write-off against Armadale. The first 10 minutes of that game, I had written in one of my articles, yeah, I'm backing the cup set. And I felt like an idiot. I'm like, they're going to smash them. Armadale was looking so much better. <laughs> and they even scored. And then after that, Modbury grew in confidence and then started doing their thing. Now, I don't think you can afford to give MacArthur a head start like that. And if they do, I reckon it'll be over. But if Modbury can start on level terms, I'm backing them. I don't know about the cup set, but I don't think mm. it will be a easy shrug off for MacArthur. All I'm saying yeah. is that Antonis was worried about the FPF curse, you know, writes an article about a team coming up and they lose next round. Well, well speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of that, just touching on the, the Adelaide United, Adelaide City game, Antonis, tell us a little bit about, you got, you got an article coming out uh, probably the week of the game with, uh, with Jai King. Yeah, so I spoke to Joe, who's one of the players that's been mm. on both sides of the divide. And his current Adelaide City coach, Paul Pezos, coached him at Adelaide United. He's one of the players that's made the move. And yeah, one of the stories that I feel has to be told when you go into a match like that. And who better to ask than someone that's been on both sides of... And oh, it's not like he despises United these days because he had some very good moments at United and he's having even better moments at City. So it's 
getting his point of view about how he feels about this matchup. So, yeah, awesome. it's so many good stories out there, and he's just one of them. And really looking forward to that one. Absolutely. And sorry, so back on the Mobry thing as well. Interesting you touched on. So that is going to be played at, at Service FM Stadium as well, uh, also known as the, the State Centre um, for Football 2. Now, for Mobry, that actually might work out because people living in Mobry, trip to Jeps Cross, that's actually not too bad. That's both, you know, both suburbs are out north. So hopefully, uh, Cody, to your point before about, about you know, midweek games and things like that, um, you know, that won't be too bad for, for Mobry to get a crowd. I was actually, Antonis, just on the State Cup final, like you touched on before, very Modbury impressed with the numbers. Yeah, with the Mobry turnout. Very <laughs> impressive. So no, always Mobry always has numbers. Mm, They're one of the mm. best followed sides in South Australia. That's right. So I think for sure they're gonna have numbers there. Uh against they got, uh, I saw a few away fans actually made the trip. Yeah, the no, Cup game. So that was a lot of respect for that. Yeah. They're yeah. very passionate and there's they come in numbers. Yeah, I don't respect I don't respect six away fans when it's an A-League team. Um but if you're a state <laughs> league if you're a state league team then it's like all right, yeah, fair enough. That, that's all good. So yeah. Um, and I'll anyway. just, just something, it's a very hard luck story. Just thoughts with the president, Jeff, who was unable to travel to Perth for that game because he got diagnosed with COVID either the day before or Fucking the day. COVID. I know, poor guy. So I'm hoping for a big night for him against MacArthur and I'm hoping he can be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you may, no, surely, surely, hopefully the period for him would be over, like with the, no. Or like you know yeah, how yeah, yeah. you can it's, kind of avoid yeah. it. That's it. Uh, if you just had it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing these hand movements to try and explain it. Anyway, uh, Ian and Cody probably can touch on this one. Sydney United and West United, the battle of the Uniteds here. Um, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Bro, I reckon. Yeah, this will be a good one. I reckon. Because uh, just, just just sorry, sorry to cut you off with Sydney United because. At the start of the NPL season, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a freaking disaster in that place. And coach was sacked and fans were <laughs> just abusive oh, on social media and all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, Sydney United, it, they're really, it's just, it depends on what Sydney United you're going to get. You're going to get the one that beat Rockdale in the qualifiers or the one that, that the one that did eventually qualify. Or you're going to get the one that, um, you know, lost, I don't know, 5 nil that still didn't finish in the top half of the table in the regular season, it, Sydney United have a the, very hot and cold this season, very hot and cold. They qualified, obviously, for the Waratah Cup final, which was played earlier today. They lost against a high-flying Northwest Sydney uh, spirit. But again, it's just, it depends on what Sydney United you're going to get. You're going to get the one that did qualify tough through the preliminary rounds, or you're going to get the one that just didn't perform at all in the uh, MPL season. Um, and I reckon Edensa Park will be a treat. I reckon Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m., I reckon it'll be a really solid crowd. Um, they're playing at their home ground. You know, this, the small details will make a difference. The artificial pitch, closeness to the to the ground. You know, you've got the smell of the chavapis in the background as well. That might influence, I don't know. But um, I reckon, yeah, it'll, they'll come out. A lot of kids probably, hopefully, in the junior um, kits. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think Sydney United... It's not like it's their first time. They've played against A-League opposition. They played against the Wanderers. Unfortunately, it was at Campbelltown. But they've played, I think, against Sydney FC uh, in the second or first edition of the Australia Cup. I think it was and the second. Second edition. That was round of 16 as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they've had was, that history. Oh, was at that game as well. They had massive numbers for a midweek game. 
Now you're talking. It's on a Sunday, two p.m. kickoff. Never doubt the, the time, never doubt the Croatians. Man. Never doubt the Croatians yeah. when it comes to numbers, man. But um, I'm talking as well. Sunday kickoff afternoon, even if it's a bit earlier than usual, that's a normal NPL kickoff time. Yep. It's a yeah. it's a time frame that they're used to. I'm telling you, add that with the fact that they're playing a league opposition, you'll have you'll get. Uh, I think people will still be surprised at the numbers that you know. I'm also thinking based on the Western crowd for a home game against Victory. Um, should we? I'm going to make a bold prediction that there will be absolutely zero Western United fans at this game. <laughs> oh, Delhi, you get a few. They they travel. They, they, what two? Not many of them. Two? Not many of them. There's not three. many of them. Two or three. I'll, I'll give them that. They're very passionate. That's going to say Western United fans. Like we we can bag their numbers all we want. Yeah. I know a lot of people are good numbers. Going out of it, but the ones that are committed to the club, they're a very passionate bunch. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, the, 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 a, the two the two that are committed to the club, they're passionate bunch. It's a it's a good story though. I mean, you've got City United who've got this incredible history. Um, they've produced so many Socceroos, Croatian background, obviously uh, the club. And then you've got the new boys of Australian football at Western United. So I just think it's a fascinating mm. clash in terms of history. And um, yeah, I I'm just I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'll be. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it'll be a sellout, complete sellout, but I think it'll be a, a really good bumper crowd. Um, a lot of, you know, they'll, they'll do a lot of maybe a pregame stuff, maybe some Croatian themes. Um, a lot of kids, hopefully, they'll go to the game. So I think, yeah, it should be a good day out. And can I just say, with Western United, they're not a side that's going to go out and smash you. They don't like how they don't like holding the balls. They usually invite the opposition to attack them because they know they can defend it. So Sydney United is going to get their opportunities. So and with the home crowd, as you said, the closeness, the familiarity of the players—you never know. You know, yeah. crazy things have happened. So it will be an interesting one to watch, definitely. Just my final comment: it just also depends. Just which Sydney United you're going to get. Yeah. It just—it's a very hot and cold team. They've got some uh, quality players like Chimenti, uh, young lad, um, who's up top. You know, he can probably do something there. But again, as I said. I've repeated this a lot of times. Actually, it depends on what Sydney United you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Bentley and Sydney FC. Bentley are known for being a little bit giant killers in this competition. They've done it. They've done it quite a bit before. And Sydney. See, it's an interesting one. Just a big picture about Sydney for a second, because this tournament we actually saw it with Popovich and Victory last year. So they kind of used this competition to essentially initiate their rebuild and. We've talked before on this podcast, uh, Antonis, in particular, about, about this Sydney rebuild. and uh, Or rebuild, as we did sometimes with the air quotes. Um, so I think for Corriga, this is probably a really important competition if you can win this to to get them kind of back, back up and running again. So this is an important game for them. Mm-hmm. And beating Bentleys, like you said, it's not simple. They're prob- they've mm. probably been the most consistent NPL Cup team since semi-final, semi-finals in the first ever FA Cup. Exactly. So they're not they're not going to be slouches. And but for me, Sydney did very because I tipped the Mariners. I thought the Mariners were going to do the job against Sydney. So you know, once again, to rephrase the uh, Ian's quote, it depends what type of Sydney is going to show up. Because <laughs> the FPF depends what type of <laughs> podcast. But, you know that. Um, Bentley are going to be stubborn they're going to have their chances they might even take one or two what's Sydney going to show up because they are the unknown variable here they're the side that we are keeping an eye on and seeing 
was it? What does it look like these days when we're used to this super safe, conservative Sydney FC that will back its quality of players over quality of system to get okay. the job done? Mm. There's no more quality of play, or there, it's there, but not as much as it used to be. You need a good actual system. So we'll see how that goes. All right, and we'll see if if Corriga goes back to a four two two two. I want to see how long it takes for Antonis to throw something at the TV. <laughs> he won't. My boy, my boy won't do that. Uh, um, I think it was Wilkinson came out just as they were getting back into preseason, saying Corriga's already tested a new system. So I think this is the way. Yeah, FC are going to be for the foreseeable future, at least. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, last just one. Signings. What's that? Just need oh, the just signings. Yeah. Right. yeah, no, it's true. Or you know, in you could use your boy Kachaski a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I'm telling you, he's gonna. He's gonna. I like, like it. Hey, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like him a lot. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Segacic. As well, yeah. You, well, yeah, Segacic. Yeah. You know, if Adelaide can produce that much talent with such a smaller population, I am sure well, the fight- he's got plenty of players that can I know. do a job. The thing about you know? Sydney is that the ones that have actually come out have actually been pretty decent. Like. Joel King got the move away. Yazbek's looked good. You just Marco Tilio. On... Marco Tilio, of course. Who... Well, but Tilio yeah. only got the chance because he told Sydney, I'm not staying here anymore. Cam yeah. Devlin. You know, so they're there. They're just mm. given the chance. And it's just, Sydney's just backed its pockets and attraction too much in the past. And that's fine. Bring players in, but be aware of who's up and coming. If you know you've got a good young left winger coming up, Probably don't go looking for a left winger that would just block their progression. That's all I ask for. <laughs> Even um, Jack Sapsford, who's just gone to the Wanderers, he's he was, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. going into their Cal- one well. squad. He's been brilliant. You can you there's list, yeah. the list, there's a huge list there's you lot, can write about this. Um, all right. Simpsons as well went to Wanderers. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, one of the other young kids. Yeah, uh, Cal Newnoff. No, it's um, Sapsford, Newenhoff, and then another guy, Simmons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Anyway, Avondale and Brisbane is another sorry. interesting we one. We just have this other young guy, Milos Ninkovic, that's made the movie. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry yeah, forgot yeah. about him. 37 years young. The other young guy. Young. Yeah. Oh, man. Jeez. Um, yeah, just don't ask him to get a passport. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm not saying uh, he's alien. I don't know what that situation is. You imagine, imagine, just imagine just the wanderers sign him and then they ask him to get a passport? <laughs> That'd be unbelievable. Uh, uh. Anyway, uh, uh, sorry. Finally, Avondale and Brisbane. Uh, what are our thoughts on this one? I think I think this is this is very even. I don't know, because I think Avondale have got cups their potential, but then Brisbane have looked good, so I don't know. It's Brisbane look a lot better than last year. I think if yeah. you were in yeah. the last yeah. of the yeah. cup, would be, I'd be saying mm. very, very strong case for an upset. But With Brisbane, I think they look really good in the final third or um, mm. trying to get from midfield to the final third, whereby you've got Jay O'Shea, Charlie Austin, um, uh, Miller Yusnich as well, and um, Great Ricky Great free kick by him, by the way. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. 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 Where the hell so are you going? Yeah. Brisbane look good for us too. Brisbane look good from midfield to to um to the final third. It's just I don't know about their defense still here and there. Um, but yeah, I, this is even. But I do think Brisbane will get out of this game. In my opinion, can I just talk about Avondale for a second? Are we across? And Tony, how many how many times do I have to tell you on this podcast? You don't have to ask for talk. Man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. It's just a grind. <laughs> I'm going to do this tomorrow. Anyways, um. Yeah. 
are we away across the 2021 MPL Victoria Premiership saga? Yeah, with yeah. the yes, the obviously what happened there with um with Oakley winning yeah, the Premiership won. and yeah. So basically, Avondale took it to court, saying yeah, it was a sure thing. It's for us. It's a sure thing. We we're going to win it. Awarded to us, and the resolution was. Every game that wasn't played in 2021 will be worth six points. Three in 2021, three in 2022. Mm. And the sure thing ended up being the unsure thing because Oakley won it. Avondale sit seven. They don't even look like making finals. So yeah. they smacked Mindle Aces and we saw and we said it's there's a big gap there. I just don't think they've got enough to do the job against Sydney this year. I think they're very deflated with how this year has gone for them. Mm. So I'm backing Brisbane. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think Brisbane will be good for this one as well. A tough draw, to be honest, for Brisbane in terms of NPL teams. You know, mm. both Victorian mm. clubs away. That's, that's not that's not easy. But uh, anything else anyone wanted to add on this round of 16 draw? Um, I'll just add, I just see an A-league matchup between Melbourne City and Wellington. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Wellington win. I thought City didn't look good against Newcastle Olympic. I know it was well. Wellington, Wellington game, but... knocked them out uh, yeah. last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I think uh, in that game, showing penalties. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah. I think in that game, uh, Wellington Phoenix. I, you know what? I reckon they, they're in for a good cup run. To be honest, Wellington Phoenix. Again, Just, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're up for think, it. Yeah, I think that are they are they based in Australia right now for this? If I'm not wrong. Well, I mean, they might as well be because they, they can't, think, they're not allowed to play. I think I've home, seen so. people go to the training stage, so I think they are. I think they are for the preseason. So it's mm. not too dissimilar to last year. I was going to say if they're traveling from New Zealand over, it might add a bit of strain. But if they're so, based here, I'm backing them. Sorry, uh, they just played a preseason game, I think it was yesterday or today, against yeah. Mariners in Sydney, West Sydney and Glenwood. So, mm. um, yeah, so they're based in uh, Sydney, I think, at the moment. Yeah. And and by the way, you want to talk about the FPF curse. Um, so we had it obviously with Mindelaces, uh, did a podcast with their coach, and then they get thrashed six nil. And then Ian <laughs> Ian wrote a piece with the Devonport uh, captain interview with him, and then they lost four nil. So um, <laughs> don't listen to me. Song, don't you know, don't to that actually. Um, I did my piece with obviously we're going. I'm just going to stray from the Australia Cup for a second. I did my piece with the um young Matildas, and yeah. since then they've had a one all draw with Mexico, a one nil win against. Uh, Liga um, MX feminine side and beat Colombia 3-2. All right. So basically, if you've got any media inquiries, with NPF, <laughs> you just go straight to Cody, all right? Don't come <laughs> to me. Don't come to Ian. Don't do that. Just to shadow this, as Christian mentioned before, I've got a story with Adelaide too. Is Jai King coming? So <laughs> for anyone keeping track. <laughs> you see Adelaide United fans, Adelaide United fans are listening to this like, yes, yes. <laughs> Publish it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, we are going to take another break, and then we'll come back and give our predictions. Okay, so predictions. Let's let's go through it. Bentley Sydney FC. I'm going to go for Sydney FC in this game. Antonis. Sydney FC. Or how are we going to do this? Who's going to go? You know, we'll go Ian Cody, then Antonis. Do all like that. Sydney FC. Two 0 Yeah, I'll be boring as well. Sydney FC. Uh, I'll go three one. Oh come on, um, 
Sydney FC 2-1 in extra time. All right. I didn't realize I had to give a score prediction. I'm not doing that. All right. These are, these, these are unofficial predictions. I'm just giving yeah, a prediction. Yeah, look, my scores are going to be well up. I can already tell. <laughs> We're going right. to come back and look at this after the round <laughs> finishes. Mowbray and MacArthur. I'm going to go MacArthur. MacArthur. Yeah, MacArthur. Mowbray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rough. All right. Sydney United and Western United. I, I'm going to go Western United as well. I'm being a real boring guy at the moment. But... Western United. So this is my cup set. I actually think Sydney United are going to do this. Jeez. All I right. say that for one reason, and that's the biggest thing that's playing on my mind with Western. You're talking about travel. You're talking about the um, artificial pitch closest to the fence, but I'm not sure if Leo Lacroix is going to be available as well. He did come off with an injury or he cramped up at the very least in that Melbourne victory game. So if they lose him, that's a massive loss. I think you've sold me. <laughs> I'm going to go... You just did the Bobby one. You can't do you can't do a Sydney United it's, one. It's now. going to penalties. I don't know who's going to win this. Come on. Upsets everywhere. Some fun. No, no, you can't sit on the fence. You've got to give a prediction. Western United. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peninsula Power and Green Gully. I'm going to go Green Gully. Peninsula Power. Ooh. I think Green Gully. Green Gully. Yeah. Oakley or Brisbane City? Ooh. Very tough know. game. Very yeah. tough. Brisbane don't sit well in the uh, in their competition, but they've got a lot of they've got a lot of experience. Sorry, Daniel Bowles mm. in that team, and Matt Smith. Uh, Matt Smith. He used to play for Brisbane Raw. He's a player manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, you know, I I just remembered though the Brisbane City League form. That's true. I know. I'll go Oakley mm. for this one. They're at home. I'm going Oakley as well. They were very good against mm-hmm. Bonnie Reed. They were very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking Oakley as well. Yeah, definitely Oakley for me. All right. Um, yeah, sorry, Brisbane City, uh, Melbourne City or Wellington Phoenix. Wellington Phoenix, I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go Wellington. Fuck it, I'm saying Wellington, I'm saying uh, Bozzy Dakrayev, man of the match performance. <laughs> I'll be the boring one here, Melbourne City. Come on, <laughs> all right, uh, no, I'm gonna leave that one to last. Avondale or Brisbane, <laughs> I wonder which I'm... one that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Avondale and Brisbane Raw. I'm going to go Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane Raw. Brisbane. All right. And the <laughs> one we've all been waiting for, Adelaide City and Adelaide United. I'm going to go Adelaide City. Adelaide United. Yeah, I think United would be too good for this one. I'm not as confident as you two. I don't know. I'm backing United, but I don't know why or how. It's If City wins... I will not be shocked whatsoever. But yeah, I'm backing United. See, I think uh, I would still be shocked even that house close as uh, I think it will be. I, I, I would not be shocked, shocked whatsoever. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, now, that is it for the Australia Cup stuff. Uh, if, you've, if you're still listening to this podcast at this point, then thank you. Um, <laughs> because I know we can, we can drone on at times, but uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we've done a very good recap and a preview there. Everything you need to know about the Australia Cup is here. Uh, Australia Cup round of 16. And uh, if you didn't catch the round of 32 games, then you know you can catch it here as you just heard. So anyway, we're going to finish off. Ian, you've got some, some transfer news for us. Okay, so I've just got uh, three new transfer news. I can confirm I spoke to uh, Australia under 23 international Geordie Courtney Perkins' father. Uh, all I'm saying that he will be uh, loaned out within the next week or two. Uh, unsure where at the moment, but he's 
He's got a little bit of an injury, but all I can, his father told me that he's looking for a loan meal, uh, not loan meal, loan deal, because um, at the moment he's not getting any minutes just because his team that he plays for at the moment is just too good in Poland. They, they're really good. They're going to qualify for the conference league and they're on fire. Is a, is a loan so, is a loan meal like where you like get light and easy, but like only for, you know, just one day? Yes. Yeah, so, so like you get, you get experience something, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, joining Courtney Perkins within the next two weeks, uh, a loan move, not, not sure where, but he'll be loaned out. Another one is Anthony Kalik, uh, has been linked with uh, Hungarian side Ferenc Baros. Um, so Anthony Kalik, for those that don't know, plays in the Croatian first tier for Gorica, mm-hmm. um, under, under 23 Australian international. Uh, and I think that'll be a massive move. I think that would be a really good move, actually. It's a well, massive, Ke- yeah, yeah, Keanu Bacchus was linked with them, wasn't he? Um, yeah. A while back. Yeah. But it uh, seems like this one might go through, yeah. Yep. And uh, I reckon Kalik, that is a very, very good move. Um, and then thirdly, last one is Milos Degenek, even though he played earlier today for Columbus Crew, has been linked with Maccabib Tel Aviv in Israel. So, yeah. Antonis, I want your thoughts on that. Milos Dejanek, because uh, we we're talking off air and you had some, <laughs> you had some opinions. I'm just saying that I just wanted to settle somewhere. I was hoping that would be a few years ago. Boyhood <laughs> Club, um, Belgrade, uh, Red Star in Serbia wasn't to be. Moved to Al Hilal, as you informed me, and went back momentarily. I just love to see him settle somewhere where he gets first team football because. Australia, or now with Kai Rolls, it's not as urgent, but before Kai Rolls kind of stood up, we're quite thin after mm. um, the injury of oh, the name escapes me. Harry Suter, yeah. Um, Harry Suter. After Harry Suter went down, we're very light in the centre back stocks. So I think Degenek is someone that can play there and do it well. I would just like him to get some consistency in his club football. Well, I just thought. He looked very happy at the at uh, Columbus, yeah. and it seemed like they were very happy with him. But um, I mean, it's only as Ian said, it's only that he's being linked. It's not like it's uh, yeah, you know, negotiations are, are ongoing or, or you know, close and, to being finalized. So yeah. Sorry, Christian, and uh, I think within the next two weeks, Sydney FC are expected to sign a player either from the Czech Republic or from Slovenia. That's all I know. I don't know anything too much about what league they're in uh, or much about like who they are, the age, but they've been linked with uh, one or two players from, from Europe. Are they able to get a visa player or do they need someone to uh, get an Australian passport? <laughs> yeah. uh, are they 37? <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. God, I can't not wait for that derby. Oh, yeah. Haven't you got, you got your tickets already? I got my uh, flight, flight. Flights. No tickets There's no. They don't have the tickets out yet. I've checked. Yeah, sorry, I forgot the A League's not as popular as Premier League. Um. Anyway, that would be sick. That's uh. That's gonna do us. Any any parting words from from any of you guys? Wait, sorry. Uh, just another transfer news. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Fabrizio Romano over here is not sorry. Uh, Joe Lolly or Lolly. I don't even know how to say his name. Yes, I did say about Joe Lolly. Yeah. 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 To Sydney FC. Which on a two-year be... deal. On a two-year deal is what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. The interesting one. He he had a decent like period with Huddersfield a couple of years ago when they were in their second year in the Premier League. I remember Joe Lolly, and then I'm pretty sure he was a, a important squad member for Forest last year in their in their promotion campaign. So that's an interesting one. 
um, because it's not like he's a you know 34-year-old winger or anything like that. He's still at a decent age. So we'll see how that one goes. But um, Cody, Antonis, anything you wanted to to say um, before before we wrap up? Um, Jordan Courtney Perkins, if he does go out on loan, I actually wouldn't mind seeing him come back to Australia after a little bit mature, more mature now. Um, had some experience with this show in the 23s. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see how it goes, even if he's playing, not not if if he, hopefully he would be a regular centre-back in the A-League should he come back. Mm. All right. Antonis? Awesome players of South Australian football. Let's go. Yeah. I, I will finish off by saying this. If, you know, even if you're not South Australian, listen to this, there is a huge game happening in in less than two weeks now, just about a week away um, by the time this is this is posted. And yeah, it's it's a game, look, some people have been waiting for, as I said, for 20 years. Massive game between two of the most successful sides, two giants of South Australian football. And uh, yeah, if you're listening uh, and if you've listened to this podcast um, throughout whilst we're talking about it, then please, you know, get down there, get your tickets because uh, it will be a massive occasion um in my opinion so yeah that's going to wrap it up another episode of the front page football podcast and uh hopefully we'll be back probably recapping the round of 16 and uh, looking to the quarterfinals some australia cup stuff going on transfers always happening and uh a shame that the a-league doesn't start um still for another two months so um yeah i love how the longest preseason in the world really fucks up um media coverage but anyway that's all good So uh, that's it from me and we'll see you in the next one soon.